What? It's from, it's from suits. suits. I've never seen Suits. Why would you think I've ever seen Suits? It's a good show. Do I like good shows or shows in general? <laughs> no. What's the last show I watched, Emily? A good place. <laughs> it was the storyteller. We talked about it. It was in the <laughs> You walked into a room and a TV was on. You went, mm, not for me. Yep. It's like, ah, uh, no, thanks. Sesame Street, you can keep it. Nope, 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 I mean, I don't get that reference. Damn it. Busted immediately. Hey there, story fans. Welcome to Almost Plausible, the podcast where we take ordinary objects and turn them into movies. I'm Thomas J. Brown, and here with me are Emily. Hey, guys. And F. Paul Shepard. Happy to be here. Well, with that out of the way, we can open the show. Ugh. That one was terrible. Well, I don't think it's going to get any better than that, so let's get right <laughs> to the pitches for our movie about a can opener. I'll pitch first today. Uh, I have just a few short ones here. A company makes industrial electric can openers for restaurants, hotels, etc. And a repairman for that company travels around the country working on the machines. At one job, he sees or overhears something he shouldn't, and that puts his life at risk. I was thinking maybe a mob hotel in Vegas or something. My second idea, the main character's job is to open unlabeled cans of food for a company that distributes the contents to local food banks. One of the cans he opens has something that's not food in it, like money or drugs. Or gold. Or a genie. <laughs> oh no, we're back to containers. <laughs> yeah, right? No containers. When you said, what if the cans he opens contains? And I was like, oh, it's another can opener. Yeah. It's another yeah. can opener and a smaller can. It's cans all the way down. <laughs> yes. My final idea is a person is stuck in a post-apocalyptic situation. They have plenty of canned food, but their can opener breaks right away. It just completely falls apart. So now they have to find another one. There was time now. Exactly. <laughs> so I had one very similar to that, but I abandoned it because um, I was looking up some stuff online and they were like, it's ridiculously easy to open cans without really a can is. opener. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's not going to pass yeah. muster. Yeah, I had almost the exact same thing, except mine was a post-apocalyptic survivor who has a vast cache of canned food, but no can opener. Just no can opener at all. But Thomas's was better because the can opener breaks. That's now you have, you know, the quest for the can opener. All right, Shep, I see yours are just as short as mine. So let's hear from you. <laughs> okay, this will be real quick. Yeah, we'll get to Emily's good ones here in a minute. <laughs> They're terrible. <laughs> before I get to mine, did you know that cans existed for decades before can openers were invented? I learned that in my research. Yeah. So how did they open cans prior to the invention of cans? Hammer and a chisel. Hammer and chisel. Wow. Well... It's kind of disingenuous because these cans were very thick, like thick iron. Mm. Yeah, they were made mm. of iron with a tin lining tin. or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, so it's not like modern cans. Right. So it's like, oh, well, can openers weren't invented. Well, there wouldn't be a can opener right. to cut through an inch of iron. So yeah, once they invented steel for cans, which is much thinner than the can opener, was invented shortly after. Mm -hmm. But anyway... Speaking of the invention of the can opener, how about a, a mockumentary about the invention of a can opener, including, you know, hardline holdouts. Why do we need such a gadget? A hammer and chisel was good enough for my father and it's good enough for me. <laughs> I do like the idea of, you know, you've got those can openers that kind of fold up or if you have a Swiss Army knife, there's like a little can opener on there. I like the idea of a hammer and a chisel that sort of fold together. It's still big and clunky and awkward. You're like, see, it's portable now. And <laughs> it's got a handle. Yeah, so convenient. It's still obscenely heavy. It's like the early portable computers where it's right. the size of a briefcase, but yeah. it has a handle. It's the size of a briefcase, but the weight of a weight set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My second one is, uh, so I'm thinking of can openers as metaphors for gaining access. So you have someone wearing metal armor or you have someone behind the thick metal walls of a safe room or a prize MacGuffin inside a vault. And then the tool used to get inside is nicknamed the can opener. You could make a heist movie out of this or a suspenseful, you know, trying to survive the purge in your safe room, but they have a can opener. I do like the idea of a kid going back in time with a Swiss army knife and he uses the can opener to like open somebody's armor up. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just picturing like he opens the helmet from yeah. the top. Okay. And my last one is a can opener's metaphor for opening up. 
So example, picture a sport group where they pass around a can opener to signify whose turn it is to speak, as in opening up about their emotions. Shep, I'm surprised that you didn't have a pitch about a bunch of lawyers who have a ritual involving a can opener. What are you? I don't know. I'm referencing a show I've never watched. So. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And I totally forgot about that part until I was doing the research and was like, oh, I forgot that was a thing. And I guess they explained it. Mm. What? It's from, it's from suits. suits. I've never seen Suits. Why would you think I've ever seen Suits? It's a good show. Do I like good shows or shows in general? <laughs> no. What's the last show I watched, Emily? A Good Place. <laughs> it was The Storyteller. We talked about it. It was in the 1980s. <laughs> you walked into a room and a TV was on. You went, mm, not for me. Yep. I was like, ah, uh, no, thanks. Sesame Street, you can keep it. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I mean, I don't get that reference. <laughs> Damn it. Busted immediately. <laughs> All right, Emily, let's hear yours. Ooh, are you guys in for a roller coaster? I'm really hoping you got good pitches, Emily, because we're counting on you. <laughs> I promise nothing ever. <laughs> Can opener was really hard. Yes. Yeah, I they're agree. made of metal. They're supposed to be hard. Hey. <laughs> this whole episode is just going to be puns. Oh, no. Very little story. <laughs> Yeah, if this is your first episode, <laughs> just, just stop. Just pick a different one. Pick any other one. <laughs> All right. A newly married couple is about to celebrate their first year of marriage. They don't have a lot of money to take a fancy trip or get each other elaborate gifts. The husband decides he wants to get his wife something practical, something she could really use that would be helpful in her daily life. He decides uh, on the perfect gift, an electric can opener. She's been using the same old rusty one for years now, and it'd be easier for both of them to add this convenient appliance to their kitchen. When his wife opens the gift instead of joy or even like simple, oh, that's great. She just starts crying and refuses to talk to him the rest of the night. Because she had sold all of her cans to buy him. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to go there, and I almost wrote that in there. <laughs> The next day, he asks her why she's so upset. She avoids the conversation by saying, oh, it's just PMS. Everything's fine now. But clearly everything is not fine because when a woman says it's fine. Right. And the poor man has no idea why the can opener would make her cry. So uh, turns out uh, she's been using that rusty old can opener because it was the only thing she had left from her childhood home and her family who perished in a fire while she was in a sleepover. (laughs) You know, it's a heartwarming tale about grief and moving on from the past. Heartwarming? They perished in a fire, Emily. Too soon. Well, that pitch took a turn. I told you. I said you're ready for a roller coaster. You know what else turns? Can openers. It all ties together. All goes together. Why is she keeping it a secret? That's the part I don't understand. How does he not know? That's what I wanted to know. That's an excellent question. Maybe it's uh, she's never opened up about it to anybody else. Ah, opened. They go to a support group and she's got the can opener of the support group. <laughs> he knows that they died. How about that? He knows that they right, died. Sure. He knows like how they died. He just he doesn't think this is the can opener from that. I could see them moving in together and he's like, OK, what do we need to get? Oh, you already have a can opener. Perfect. That's one fewer thing we right. need to buy. He no. doesn't even think about whoa, it beyond whoa, whoa. that. How does he not have a can opener? If he's. You know what I mean? Everybody's got a can opener. If he's living on his own. Hey, SpaghettiOs have a pull tab now. So mm. I see in my mind, this movie was set older before <laughs> pull tabs took over everything. Yeah. Why are we making this episode is going to have to come with a disclaimer? Like, hey, kids, can openers used to be a thing people used to use before pull tabs were on every can. Clearly, this needs to be set in the past. <laughs> yes. All right, so my second one, I know you guys will be shocked by this one. <laughs> There's a serial killer in the city. Oh, <laughs> Cutting his victims' throats, wrists, and elbows, leaving the victims elbows. to bleed out. <laughs> the inside elbows. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> I, should, I should be more specific. No, he's gotta be he's gotta be opening the head around and taking the brain out. No. I just imagine him like sneaking up behind people in the park and getting them on the back of the elbow. And I was like, how does that kill them? Like, oh no, sepsis in a month. <laughs> that stuns them and then he can wrestle them to the ground. Yeah, um, tetanus without realizing it. <laughs> he leaves his victims to bleed out. Uh, the coroner, Reggie Wilkins, cannot pin down the murder weapon though. He just knows it's a small curved blade that produces jagged cuts. How are the police supposed to catch a killer if they don't even know it's being used? Without that crucial information, they wouldn't even be able to convict the culprit if they caught him. 
He's a moment of inspiration when he's helping his nephew go through his brother's things and comes across his Marine-issued P-38 can opener. Now it'll be easier to find the killer, but can they do it before he claims another victim? Well, if that's the murder weapon, then it's his brother. <laughs> well, I mean, we solved it. Um, not that specific can opener, but a can opener like it. Well, let's see if that holds up in court. So those are my pitches. Well, which one of these jumps out at us as being a great story about a can opener? One of these we have to be able to. I think that we can take any of these and beat it into a story. <laughs> The question is, which one? I, let's go for the very first one. What was the first one? That was the... The industrial can opener. So, uh, company yeah. makes industrial can openers for restaurants and hotels. And a repairman for that company travels around the country working the machines. He's working on the machines. He's like fixing them and tuning them up and so stuff. So he's not working as a can opener, operating Correct. a can opener to open cans. Right. No, he's fixing mechanical can openers. Right, right. On one job, he sees or hears something he shouldn't be putting his life at risk. Or maybe he finds something. Maybe someone yeah. is on the run and they have the MacGuffin jump drive and they hide it in a place people won't look like the back of a can opener. Right. It's in that place they put that thing that time? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so he finds that. He doesn't know what it is. Now, these industrial can openers, are they like, is that a thing? Industrial it is in this movie. All right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Don't do Think it, Emily. No, you don't get to say that to me. <laughs> what does overthinking really mean? So overthinking a bob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what if instead of finding something, the can opener itself was used in a murder? Yeah. Okay. How? I don't know how, but somehow. You know, these industrial machines are always like preposterously dangerous. They are. Yes. And so somehow someone has taken advantage of whatever dangerous aspect it has, some super sharp high speed blade, and they've they've murdered a person with it right. somehow. I was gonna say it is probably some super high strength deep blade for mm -hmm. the because the big giant ass industrial cans. Yeah, yeah. So he's shoved someone underneath it and pulled the lever and that has cut open their head, so we get some yeah. like really gruesome murder in there. We get Shep's head yeah. cut off. Head thing, cut off, right? yeah. Yep. Okay, so why is the repairman working on this can opener that has recently been used in a murder? Does anybody else know? Does he figure it out? Does he overhear the conversation or find hair and clumps of blood in the gears? Oh, they just want to replace it. They got a new industrial can opener because this one was used in a murder. So they just replace it. They buy a new one. They clean it up, but they miss chunks of whatever. But the guy, the repairman, he drops off the, the new can opener, takes the old can opener. And that's when he discovers, oh, there's like a finger in here or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. A finger would be good because it, it has fingerprints on it. What well, has one fingerprint on it? <laughs> I like the idea of the machine is there. The victim is there. Like they've made no attempt to clean it up. The police have called him in for some reason. They need an expert about the machine. Mm. So he's a police consultant. Yes. Yeah. A can opening operator. It's a very niche job. <laughs> yeah. But if you get it, you're the one. Well, I like the idea of maybe they don't have the victim's body. Like somehow the mobsters got the body out already, but somebody had called before the crime scene got cleaned up. So they have like the guy who did it and the body, but the guy who did it's not talking about who the body is. And so they call the repairman in to get the finger out to see if they can figure out who the guy is and that sort of thing. Yeah, I like that. Like they so the body is gone. The mess is still there. Right. And so the police know something crazy happened here. There's all sorts of blood and stuff. Yeah. And, but the machine is really complicated and very dangerous, obviously. And so, yeah, they have to call the repairman in to disassemble it to get at the inner workings to get. So, I mean, why wouldn't they just swab for blood and pull out little bits of hair? And well, they, they had one of the rookie cops try to fish something out, but he gets, he gets his hand caught in and all his fingers cut off. Oh, God. It's a dangerous machine. Yeah. Okay. So I like there's already sort of an adversarial relationship happening where the cops are like, yeah, you know, we tried to do it. And the guy's like, well, you shouldn't have. These things are super dangerous. I don't even know why we sell them to restaurants. Yeah. It's the old model. The new ones have safety features. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, he he comes in. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe someone's still using one of these. Yeah, this isn't up to code. This hasn't been up to code since the 1850s when it was yeah. invented. <laughs> we haven't sold this model in 40 years. Right. It's it's a New York. It's you know some old deli. So yeah. <laughs> If there's so many things in a deli that can kill you, why would they use <laughs> the can opener? So would the mobsters there? So they're not caught. They just know that there was a murder. They don't know who and they don't know who by. So are the mobsters going to be then coming after the can opener guy because he took the machine back with him? Why would the police let him take it back with him if it if it knowingly has evidence in it? That's an excellent point. So never mind. Here's a question. Does the can opener guy help the police or does he not? Because he knows that if he did, he would cross the mob. He's aware that it's a mob owned deli. Yeah, it's New York. Just de facto. Just assumes, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I think he doesn't I think he reluctantly helps the police. I mean, who who is the victim and who committed the murder? Maybe if we figure that out, that'll help. Is it the mob or is it just coincidence? Are we married to the mob? Or? <laughs> okay, so the mayor's daughter is missing. So you think maybe she's the victim, but she's the killer. She killed her <laughs> drug dealer, but she was high at the time. No, he was trying to rape her, and she has standards. <laughs> oh, yeah, she, she, she was about to be raped. She's like, Mom, no. No, thank you. No, thank you. So do we want to have it mayor's daughter murdered drug dealer? I mean, that would sure. definitely be very unexpected. So I like that. It would be unexpected. And she went in hiding because she's afraid, even though it was self-defense. Right. Well, yeah, but still it was a drug dealer. She was buying drugs. It'll disgrace her father. Right. She was committing a crime buying drugs when he tried to take advantage of her and she killed him in self-defense. Or maybe she pushed him away and he fell into the can opener, hit the back of his head and it just zipped his head around. Pop the top of the skull off. <laughs> so don't overthink this suggestion because I'm already questioning it myself. Maybe the can opener repairman sees like a earring or something that he recognizes as hers. I don't know why he knows her yet. We can figure that part out. She was the mayor's daughter. She's famous. <laughs> she was in the newspaper wearing that same earring. But he knows her personally. So he decides to keep that a secret knowing either she's the victim or the murderer. I was thinking sort of along the same lines of what you were saying, but instead of the can opener repairman knowing immediately that it was her, perhaps they find a bunch of DNA on it. There's her hair, you know, the cop's blood, somebody else's blood. And mm. this is a dangerous machine. Maybe somebody accidentally cut themselves recently on it. So there's that person's blood also in their assessment. This can opener is just full of blood. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, but it's like Very dangerous. in an area where you wouldn't see, you <laughs> no, know. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Never gets cleaned properly because, you know. Well, I like that it's the crime scene is a mess because yeah. that makes it. Is this a mystery movie? Is that what we've done? It seems like it, yes. doesn't it? Our can opener repairman is our hard boiled detective. Yeah. Reluctantly solving this death that he doesn't want to be part of because he's pulled into it. So when he's pulled in, say, by the mob to help them, is that what we've decided? I think he's first pulled in by the cops. Well, yeah. Right. Because it's got a, you know, first service, call this number. So they right. call that number and he's the guy that comes out. And he disassembles the machine and takes out the other cop's fingers. And now he's got to wrap them up in like butcher paper right there. On the <laughs> is this a comedy mystery movie? Is this like. It can uh, have comedic elements. <laughs> Maybe he's a can over repairman with a sense of humor. He sees this all the time. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, it's a four-finger job. <laughs> what were those comedy mystery movies that Peter Falk were in? Murder by Death was one of them. The Cheap Detective, that was it. Mm. Well, I'm saying just, you know, taking the fingers and putting them in butcher paper and wrapping them up for the cops is something that you could get away with in a spoof movie. Correct. I mean, we are talking about a murder that happened... Because of a can opener slicing some the top of someone's head off. Yeah, so. I mean, I think we, maybe we go for the farce. Because I think it'll be too hard if we try to make this a serious movie. So when he gets called in by the mob afterward, and they have the, you know, the big fish tank, it's just full of red herring. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, yes. like, I like having a confrontation then between him and the mob. And he's like, I, I repair can openers? What do you want me to do? 
That excuse never works, though. No, it doesn't. But yeah, it's bringing too much heat on the deli. And then you see like the cold case. Everything's melting. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Our national lampoon murder mystery here. Yep. So how does he solve it? What kind of clues does he he follow to? I liked the thing where he finds an earring. Yeah. Yeah. We can stuff anything up there because if it's a national lampoon style comedy, and you can put a whole horse in there. It literally doesn't matter. Like, whatever <laughs> right, you right. want. Okay. So, yeah. Why does he keep the earring rather than giving it to the cops? That was my next question. He has to know her, and he's like, oh my god, I gave her these earrings, or something like he that. He doesn't! It's so much of a coincidence! Maybe he just nicks the earring. He wants to give it as a gift to his mistress. Maybe he'll find another one, and he'll have two. Maybe it's a necklace and not just an earring. So he's already got one piece of jewelry. Mm, A necklace is better because then he doesn't need to. So when she was attacked, he grabbed her and her necklace came off in his hand. And when he fell back into the machine, it got whipped up. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, we solved it. So there has to be something about the pendant. It's one of those like religious ones. They're like, oh, that's significant for whatever reason. Emily, you're the religious one here. Wouldn't there be some sort of saint or something she could have? Could be some saint thing. We could. Is there a sacrament type of thing where you would get a gift of like, oh, you've completed this sacrament. Here's a special pendant. Uh, Probably for confirmation, you would get your saint pendant. That could be something. All right. So it could be that. And then would it be feasible that it would have some sort of uh, inscription? Yeah. Yeah, so it would probably be just like a little image of the saint and then uh-huh. on the back, some inscription of theirs that they said or prayer or something. Could it be something like on the occasion of yeah. their confirmation at such and such parish? Yeah. That gives our guy somewhere to go. It absolutely be engraved uh, the date and the parish and like maybe her initials. Mm. I'm thinking of the emo Phillips joke. Where he's the guy on the bridge. Yeah. And it's, you know, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879. <laughs> it's, it's a hyper, hyper, hyper yeah. specific. The back of the pendant folds down a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> fit it all on there. Why does the cop bring him along? Who? The repairman. Why would the repairman go to the next? I thought he was working for the mob at this point. Yeah, he is the detective. The reluctant detective. He's not really a detective. He's a he's a repairman, but he's been press ganged into service for the mob. So he gets called in by the cops, disassembles the machine, steals the necklace. Okay, why does he steal the necklace? It's gold. And he's poor. He's a repairman. He's, you know, this is valuable. Look at look at this thing. He's just that kind of guy who takes things when he can't. Yeah. I turned in all of the fingers that I found. That's what they asked for. <laughs> He's not a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not a good guy. He's just a guy. So do we have him like shoplifting earlier or something like that to establish he's got sticky fingers? You could have him just casually shoplifting, you know, whatever on the way to the place he stops by a bodega and like put something in his pocket and then pays for his coffee. Right. Steals a napkin, some silverware on his way to the back of the kitchen. Yeah, if it's a farce, then he's helping himself to the silverware as he's walking back to the... What silverware do they have at a deli? It's not silver. Plasticware. Plasticware. I forgot it was a deli. Actually, it probably would make more sense if it was a a hotel, a mob-owned hotel. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go back to that. Mob-owned hotel. That was your original suggestion. Yeah, that would make more sense. So they could have nice silverware. It could be a fancy fine dining restaurant. I can see everything about this scene. He walks in and there's like food prepared because they're still open. So he picks up a fork and he takes a bite of a cake. Yeah, he's standing at the pass, the expediting uh, window, and he just like picks up a plate of food. Somebody puts it up there and rings the bell and he picks it up and just starts casually eating it while he's talking to somebody. (laughs) Nobody reacts. Yep. So when we see him steal the necklace, we don't think anything of it because, of course, he's going to steal it. The cops didn't mention it. Yeah. So he puts it in his pocket with all his other stuff and doesn't think anything of it other than maybe he'll sell it or, you know, he'll pawn it for money or he'll give it away as a gift. But then later. Uh, On his way out, the mob grabs him. uh, Yeah, immediately. (laughs) Like, Uh, so remember that scene in Airplane where everyone's lined up to slap the woman? Yes. Maybe it's kind of like that where it's like. The cops are done with him, and then now it's the mob's turn to... It's, the mob has the, uh, the ticket number two? Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now serving. So they take him to the, you know, Godfather's mansion. Godfather's right. getting pressure from the cops. They don't think their guys did it. 
but they want this guy to solve it because he was there. And that's why he has to use the necklace to find the next location in the mystery that we're following. All right. So he's going. So he goes to a cathedral or whatever. Some religious building of some sort. Yeah. And he goes in and finds the priest and shows them the pendant. The priests are all nervous because they hear he's investigating something and they're like, oh, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> I was in Rome that weekend, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> or there's a there's a big button on the wall for when cops come, they press it. And yeah. The priests scramble. You see the side doors open and, and like altar boys running out. <laughs> How absurdist do you want to make it? <laughs> That's a little too real. So. Oh, sometimes things are too real to be funny. Yeah. Where does he find her? Is she, because I thought that she would be at one of the churches in, in uh, Sanctuary, mm. which wouldn't be revealed on the first visit. So the priest has to say something yeah. that tips him off so that he comes back there later. We have the scene later in the movie when someone, say he puts the, connects those dots. He remembers the priest saying that and the camera pulls out and the priest is there repeating it into his ear. (laughs) I thought that he would remember the scene at the cathedral. And then in that scene, when we look at it again from his perspective, she's there like just. Okay. So the priest throws him off and sends him on a wild goose chase. So the priest must recognize the pendant immediately, especially if it's the mayor's daughter. Yeah. Also, if that it came from that church. Right. Well, yeah, because then you can make a Thornbirds joke and it could have been a gift he gave her. And, and Thornbirds is so topical right now. I know. So many people are. <laughs> Fine. It's a flea bag reference. And then she's having sex <laughs> with the priest. <laughs> so how does the mayor come into it? Because so far he hasn't exerted any pressure except potentially on the cops that we don't see. So it's got to be, or it doesn't got to be, but it could be where the priest is sending him on the wild goose chase, sends him into the arms of the mayor. What if when the police are talking to him initially, they're like, we need you to hurry up and get these fingers out of here so we can send them off to the lab. The mayor is breathing down our necks. And then when he talks to the mob, he's like, we need you to hurry up and figure out what's going on here. The mayor is breathing down our necks. Is the mayor there in the room, like leaning over one of them? Does the mayor start to suspect maybe his daughter isn't the victim so much as the killer? I mean, what would they suspect? If they find out she's still alive, they would assume there's somebody else is the killer and she was a potential victim who managed to get away. And in fact, that could even be the story she goes with it first. And that she was scared and that's why she's uh, claimed sanctuary at the cathedral to hide out there. Who is she hiding from? She's got to be hiding from the cops because she thinks right. they're going to get her for murder. And drugs. She bought and drugs. drugs. Yes. And really, we've established it's not actually even a murder. Right. Yeah, she's more concerned about the drugs. Now, does he know she's alive at this point in time? He's got to not know yet. That, right. The yeah. audience can't know yet. That's got to be the twist is that yeah. she wasn't the victim. She was the killer. But it was OK because it was self-defense. Or it's okay because she's rich and white and this is America. I mean, there's that. So she could have said, if someone comes looking for me, tell them, you know, whatever. Oh, do they even know who it is yet? If there's no body at the scene, why was there no body at the scene of the crime? Maybe there is. Was the mob trying to clean up the mess because they thought maybe one of their own did it? And then the cops show up? Okay, so I think at this point in time, the repairman is looking for clues on who the victim was, who he thinks the victim was, in this case, her. Right. So he goes to the church, not knowing she's there, but just trying to figure out whose pendant is this. And the priest tells him whose pendant it was, doesn't tell him that she's alive and she's here, but just knowing the name is enough for him to call his cop friend, the detective actually assigned to the case, Mm -hmm. who's like, I shouldn't tell you this, but she lives at such and such address and sends him to the next location, which is her apartment or her house or whatever. Okay. Would she not just live with her dad? Well, she would live with her dad. She's a daddy's girl. She's got, you know, she's spoiled, but she's got to have a house on the side. Oh, yeah. A secret apartment. Yeah, she's going to have a party palace. Yeah, there you go. There, he, he shows up and there's just still a party going on. Everyone's like, the drug dealer's here. And he's like, what? That would be funny if he had stole drugs earlier. 
from the restaurant. I like that idea of the the body being there and it's the drug dealer and the cops are going through his pockets. So he squats down next to them like, uh-huh. And he's like going through the pockets too. He's like putting things in like Coke and, and joints and stuff in his pocket. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or <laughs> they're putting things in an evidence bag and they're like handing it around and everyone's putting it in there. And he puts stuff in the evidence bag and then just sticks the whole thing in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. If you see him putting the stuff in, then you think he's going to hand it to the next. Right. That's what they've all done. And then he just rolls it up and puts it in his pocket. Yeah. So then, yeah, when he gets to the party, oh, okay. So when he gets to the party, some dude there, some burnout is like, hey, man, did you bring some drugs? And he's like, actually, and he pulls it out and hands it to him and doesn't think anything of it. And then later, when it turns out like her drug dealer is implicated, everyone's like, oh, he was at the party dealing drugs. And they like draw a sketch of him. (laughs) (laughs) That's great for mounting pressure as the movie goes on. Because now the cops are after him, the mayor's right. after him, the mob's after him. Everyone thinks that he killed her. And... Right. Yeah. This seems like a fantastic place to take a quick break. Oh, no. So, I agree. Speaking of mounting pressure. <laughs> when we come back, hopefully we'll solve the rest of our murder and complete our movie for can opener. All right, we're back. Our main character is investigating what he believes to be the murder of the mayor's daughter. He has gone to her secret party residence, like an apartment, I guess, that she keeps for her drug-fueled parties. Yeah, party palace. Party palace. And what does he learn there that sends him on the next path? I actually think it would be funny if somebody there suggests that she was with her drug dealer, so he tells the cops that it was the drug dealer. That's funny because later on, they think he's the drug dealer. Exactly. Yeah, that works out really well. So somebody at this party tells him that she has a drug dealer Mm. and that maybe they were seen. Or maybe he, the person at the party even says she was supposed to meet him at the hotel, which is where the drug dealer works, perhaps. So he's like, oh, it's got to be the drug dealer. So now he's probably pursuing that person. Uh, he, He probably assumes the drug dealer is the murderer. He still assumes that the mayor's daughter is the victim, right? Yes. So that's what he tells right. the, the detective, that it's the drug dealer, yeah. he's the murderer. So does he end up going back to the hotel to find more evidence? Maybe he goes through the drug dealer's locker or something, or what's the... Yeah, that's the next logical... Or does he have an address or something? Well, to go back to the hotel would let us reuse that set. Yeah, right. that's true. Just seem- the mob hassles him some more. Yep. Oh, they've got to be using the can opener machine already. <laughs> It's just spraying blood out on everyone that uses it. (laughs) As the can is going around, there's like blood dripping down the front of the can. I was thinking that it was like spraying into the face of whoever's. (laughs) So you see them like just put on goggles before they do it. It's like, it's a job. Work hazard. Yep. All right. So he goes back to the hotel, digs through the guy's locker, probably. Right. What does he find? Well, he can find anything in this because we know that it's a wild goose chase. Right. So what's the next place? What is the place that can send him that gets him in the most trouble so that we have him on the run forever? It's got to be send him, send him to like the mayor's house or something. I was thinking that or the airport. It looks like he's trying to run. Or we could pick somewhere totally bonkers to send him. Okay. How do we tie this all together? <laughs> if we send him to the mayor's house, but then from the mayor's house, he maybe goes to the airport. But that's when the mayor and the cops and the mob are all after him because they all yeah. think that he's the guy at that point and he's trying to run. And then does he go to the air, actually go to the airport or does he go to the cathedral or does he go to the airport first and then go to the cathedral? Mm. He's got to figure it out around that time. Right, right. Right. I think he goes to the airport first. Yeah. I know this is really typical, but is there a locker at the airport? Yes, because there was a locker at the... There's a, there's a drugs dead drop in a locker at the airport. So he goes, he's got a key. He doesn't know that that's what's in the locker, but... Oh, he got a key from her... Uh, party place that looks like a locker key. So when he's investigating the guy, the the drug dealer at the hotel and trying to open his locker, he tries that key first and it Mm. doesn't work. But then it does work at the airport. Yeah. Why does she have an airport locker? For the drugs or whatever else. Why does she need, it's got to be something other than drugs. Knockoff purses. (laughs) It's a bunch of Chinatown DVDs. Yeah. Just bottles of you. That'd be very funny. Just bottles of you who. <laughs> Ooh, salacious pictures of uh, other young celebrities. 
salacious pictures of the priest Ooh, at the cathedral yeah. who she's blackmailing into letting her stay there. That works. Yeah. So what does he do at the mayor's house? He needs to be trying to get into her room for some reason, which looks super suspicious if he's caught breaking into her room. Steals her underwear accidentally. <laughs> he does steal things all the time. Well, I mean, like, he's looking for things, like, through her drawers or whatever while he's at the mayor's house. Maybe that's where he finds the airport keys at the mayor's house. Like, he No, because gets... we want him to establish that it's a locker key at the hotel. Mm. Mm. But he doesn't realize that it's an airport key until the mayor's house. I like if he's going through stuff and he spills something, nail polish or something on his hand. And that's why it's sticky. So when he's going yeah. through the drawers layer, that's why her underwear <laughs> sticks to his hand. It literally has sticky fingers. Well, I was thinking he was going through the drawers and he's just not thinking about it. And he's just putting the underwear in his pockets to get him out of the way. And then he leaves with pockets full of underwear. Well, because if it's stuck to his hand, he can't get rid of it. So when the maid comes in and he's like, no, no, no. He's like shaking panties at her. And he's like, ah. I like that more. That's very funny. <laughs> and then does he um, does he zip line out of her room to escape and the panties actually help provide insulation? <laughs> he, he holds onto them over the. He's like, oh, it actually worked out really well. And they fall off right afterward because the joke is yeah, over and you don't need right. them anymore. No, 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 no. If this is absurdist, then there's like, you know, those the bicycle, but it's like a f chest freezer bicycle thing mm -hmm. with the bell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. And he's selling nail polish remover. <laughs> yep. If that's if we're going for farce, that's it. Uh, yeah. So how does he realize the key is an airport key? Maybe there's a tag on the key that says B32 and he's like, oh, it's the airport. There's a tag on the key that says airport. and He just hadn't turned it over. Well, maybe something else drives him to the airport. Like she had a plane ticket for that day. Like she was going to go somewhere with somebody to Mexico or something. Hmm. Oh, God, it would be amazing if the repairman and the mayor have the same last name. <laughs> and the daughter and the repairman have the same first initial. So the ticket is for like a Melman or whatever. Yep. That's the kind of absurdist humor I'm looking for. <laughs> That's why the maid lets him into the house. She thinks he's a family member. <laughs> I was going to say, or maybe the daughter uses the mother's maiden name. Ooh. And so it's not super obvious at first. Yeah. Because he doesn't have the same name as the mayor. It happens to have the same. Right. And we don't need to establish that until the very end. Or maybe, maybe there's just like his business card and he gives it to somebody early on when he's first called in. Right. The cops know who he is. The cops call him by name. Or like the sticker says, oh, need to service this machine? Call a mail minute. Blah, 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 blah. And. We don't call super attention to it, but it's there. We've set it up. But they, everyone calls him by his first name, Andrew, whatever. But yeah, I like that joke. So there, he has a ticket, an airplane ticket to like Columbia or something for A. Melman for that day. Yep. Yep. So he goes to the airport. He opens the locker. What does he? Oh, that's when he finds the blackmail photos. I remember. Yeah, blackmail right. photos of the priest. And it's about this time that everybody in the city is chasing after him. Yeah, because now they all think he's the drug dealer. They think he's the drug dealer. He has a ticket to Columbia. Like there's a TV in the airport and it's, it's playing a news report with like his photo <laughs> from earlier that he looks, you know, goofy and guilty. Some cell phone Snapchat of him handing the drugs over at the party. <laughs> Known drug dealer, A. Melman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is attempting to flee the country. So when he leaves the drugs party and calls the detective to say it's definitely the drug dealer, maybe he's like, come to this place. These people know who the drug dealer is. They can give you a, a description, sketch, you know, a description. So we establish that like that's sort of starting to happen in the background. And then because the police and the the mayor and the mob are all working together, that gets distributed to everybody immediately. Maybe there's like a meeting somewhere and they're handing it out to everybody. Right. It's the bullpen. All the cops are there. Like, right. this is the guy. <laughs> They're handing it like through the bars at the in the holding cell. Like, <laughs> just everybody. So like for the rest of the movie, people are asking him how much for weed. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So he still doesn't know that she's the perpetrator. Mm. It's revealed when he gets to the cathedral. Right. Yeah, because now he thinks it could be. It's another red herring for him. He now thinks it could be the priest because he's being blackmailed by her. So the priest has killed her. And it wasn't the drug dealer after all. Yeah. 
So he goes to confront the priest. Being chased by the cops and the mob who then surround the cathedral. Yeah. Oh, that's got it. They got to hit the cops button again in the cathedral. What happens this time to the second time when you call back to it? Oh, the same thing. Everyone goes scrambling and running around, except this time the cops are actually raiding the place. <laughs> and so the priest is like, come on, I know where we can hide. Takes him down into the crypt or whatever. That's where she is. And then he's surprised to see her alive. No, he's got to accuse the priest first. He's got to have all this evidence. Oh, yeah. He's worked it all out. He's solved the mystery. He right, knows right. it's the priest. Right. He's all smug. He's doing the whole big explainer. Right. Yeah. And then now to explain why the priest sent him on this wild goose chase. and Right. Oh, yeah. So, no, he does take him down to the crypt because he's like, oh, he's going to show me the body. He's going to confess. You know, that's she's just hiding in a utility closet. <laughs> no, she's got like a fancy room. Yeah, there's like a whole media room down there. She's spoiled. Yeah. She's getting her nails done. There's like 50 people. <laughs> there's a rave. They're <laughs> all <laughs> drinking communion wine. <laughs> it's a rave, but it's all like different religious people. So there's like Hasidic <laughs> Jews and uh, Hare Krishnas and like Amish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing Amish with like a bunch of glow sticks and yeah. You know, yeah. Like what is the, is the, and the priest is like coexist, man. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes our main character, our detective character, detective, our can opener repairman uh, down there. And he's like, no, you have it all wrong. I'll take you to see her. They go down into the crypt. And so the guy's like, this is, you're not helping your case here. <laughs> they go into the rave room and he's like, what? And she's there. She's DJing the rave. Yeah. Yes. Now I picture Paris Hilton playing this part. Paris Hilton 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Paris Hilton now pretending it's been yeah. it's 20 years ago. <laughs> so are the cops raiding upstairs or has that not happened yet? I think they're raiding upstairs because that's one of the reasons they went downstairs, right? I mean, he could just be taking him down there to prove his innocence. Because he realizes, okay, this looks bad for me, but I can show you that it's not me. I'm trying to figure out how we can bring the can opener back into it. Right. The wrong location. So they escape through the steam tunnels to the hotel. It's that close. They're all next to each other. I mean, it could be, we can pass some time of them going through the steam tunnels. There's a literal underground railroad. Yep. There's what else? I mean, it's New York. There is a literal underground railroad. That's not. That's true. <laughs> there, there are sailors being shanghaied. Trying to think of all the like underground type of stuff that I'm <laughs> familiar with. There's just random coal miners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they make their way back to the hotel. Yeah. So how do, how do we bring the can opener back into it, though? If someone's got to use the can opener to kill someone. Who do we need to kill? The priest. Why are we killing the priest? Because he is actually bad. Are we going for a Chinatown ending here? No. The priest okay. set up the drug dealer to attack her, hoping that it would lead her to seek sanctuary with him, right? Because the priest is in love with her. Okay. Mm. So everything that happened was his fault. And now that things are falling apart, it seemed like the plan worked. She was there. She was staying with him. She was within reach. And this can opener repairman has to come in and ruin everything. So he pulls out a gun. That's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> the repairman tackles him into the can opener and cuts his head open. Is that we're just going to do that? I mean, it is. See, it seems like that's the obvious thing to do. What if he pushes him back into the can opener and the gun hand swings back and the gun gets caught in the can opener and spins around and gets like the top of the gun gets sheared off. <laughs> Or the can opener just starts shooting bullets That's all over the place. <laughs> the can opener just starts shooting the gun, and then the priest gets killed that way. Does the priest die, or is he arrested? I mean, if we want to have a proper happy Hollywood ending, he's got to live and be arrested so that he can right. confess and clear the name of the can opener repairman. He can just get maimed. We could just maim him at the end with the can opener. Or it shoots him in the shoulder because... yeah. Right. Is there like an ironic way for him or an ironic place for him to be shot? The balls. Be nice if there was something that we could set up the first time the priest comes around in the story to where later we can bring that back. Right. He's famous for how big his balls are for some reason. Right. <laughs> That's why the blackmail photos that don't show a face because he's wearing a mask 
still reveal that it's the priest because his giant balls are visible. <laughs> That's right. Now I'm thinking like top secret style. The priest is like bulging testicles. Right. right. And he's like, well, you know, I don't have sex. So it's this is what happens. This is normal. <laughs> Builds up. Wouldn't that be normal for all priests then? Yeah. He doesn't have to get shot in the balls. There are other body parts. <laughs> Could he get shot in a way that would make it the stigmata? <laughs> I'm going to hell. Yeah, the gun starts rotating and the can opener starts going off and he's like, ah, and puts his hands up. And, <laughs> ow, ow. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yep. That's pretty good. And then once the gun, it shoots a bunch of rounds and rotates around in the thing and then just falls apart. So it's not useful anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do all the mobsters come running in with their guns because they heard shots being fired? Yeah. I feel like everybody needs to get there all at once. The police and the mob and... Yeah, so they all show up. Guns drawn. So is the priest confessing when everyone is there with their guns drawn? Like he's yelling at the canoper repairman? Oh yeah, he could be. You ruined everything. It was a perfect plan. She was gonna stay with me. Do you know how hard it was to arrange this whole thing? Whatever we want him to say. Right. The detailed plan that we didn't even see all of. Oh, and there has to be like one of those live PD type of things. We established at the beginning that the police are being followed by live streaming cameras or something. So right. that's Cop been broadcast. Style. Yeah, exactly. It's been broadcast to everyone in real time. He can't take it back. Nobody can cover anything up. Like, that's it. It's out. Yep. That's a nice, tidy resolution. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Does the priest go, and I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you damn can opener repairman? <laughs> you, you meddling can opener repairman? I was going to suggest that. <laughs> so what's the denouement? Is he still repairing can openers and being a kleptomaniac? And dealing drugs on the side now that yeah. everyone's asking him for drugs all the time? Right. That doesn't go away. That doesn't get cleared up. <laughs> Does he ever know that part? He's got to know that because he's at the, he sees on TV, the news are broadcasting his photo right, as the right. drug dealer. So he knows why everyone's asking him for drugs. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he does just start selling drugs. There's now an open market. I I don't want him to deal drugs, but I do like it if people are constantly asking him for drugs, especially if you ever make a sequel. You just have that as a thing every once in a while. (laughs) Yeah. Does the mayor's daughter fall in love with him or kiss him? No. No? All right. No. He he thinks that's what's going to happen. She's like, ew, no. Yeah, she's like, ew. (laughs) You're a repairman. (laughs) Yeah. You're like old. Do they ever find the body of the drug dealer? Yeah, yeah. she knows where the body is. (laughs) It's still in the trunk of her car. Did the priest help? Maybe the priest orchestrated it so that... Oh, because she really was a victim. She didn't actually do it. The priest did it, right? So he orchestrated this scene between them where he could step in and be the hero and convince Uh, her, oh, you're you're in danger. The cops are are going to to think you did it, so come with me. And really, so yeah, he's like, I'll take care of everything. Don't worry about it. That's good, because now she's not the killer. Right. So that clears everything up for everybody. It's just one person who did everything wrong. Right. And we get that justice at the end. Yep. So what what is the ending ending? What is he doing after? We need to establish a want for him early on that he can fulfill And maybe it's something lame, like there's a can opener museum in Sheboygan and he really wants to go. And so it's him on vacation. Or there's a can opener museum in Fiji that he really wants to go to. (laughs) Something like that. I don't know. And the Fijians are coming up to him like, do you got to just a little. Oh, he's got to go to Jamaica, right? Right. (laughs) Or he's got that ticket to Columbia that is going unused. (laughs) Yep. So there's got to be another mix-up at the very, very end. That's the, the stinger. Yeah. Something like that. Some, some Something the writers can figure out. Right. A humorous button for us to end on. Something with underwear. Yeah, he opens his briefcase and it's <laughs> just drugs. more panties. <laughs> yeah, it's panties and he spreads them. He's like, what the? And he picks them up <laughs> and underneath there's just cocaine. He's on his way out of the hotel. He's just grabbing whatever, right? He picks up somebody's suitcase and walks away with it. Oh, because he's got sticky fingers. He's got <laughs> sticky fingers and he opens it and it's women's underwear and bags of cocaine. You know, look directly into camera. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, gulp. Big tugging on his collar. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> All right. 
I mean, we have a good story, guys. I think we have a workable story. Yeah. I'm setting the standards loads this week. (laughs) (laughs) We have the framework. If we had a couple more weeks, we could really fill out a lot of the farcical stuff. Considering we started with the premise of can opener, I'm honestly sort of surprised we got this far. This was definitely a tricky one. Yes, yes. agreed. But I, lo- I really like the farcical nature of this. The absurdist comedy is very funny to me. And I think um, it's not a genre we've really touched on yet ever, is it? Not really. I don't think we've done. Not like we this. Did. Well, the um, turkey baster was kind of yeah. farcical. Not to this extent. Right. I guess in a way, toilet brush kind of is. Because it's sort of, it's not, it's not the same no. level though. Right. It's farcical, but not absurdist, I would right. say. This is yeah. absurdist, which we haven't really yeah. done. Yeah. Well, we all love it, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show about a can opener. Does this one do exactly what it says on the tin or should we kick the can? Duh. Let us know by leaving a comment on our website, reaching out on social media, or sending us an email. Links to all of those can be found at almostplausible.com. The highest praise you can give us would be to tell someone you know about the show. If there's anyone in your life who likes movies, writing, podcasts, or just having fun in general, be sure to tell them about Almost Plausible. They can find the show wherever they listen to podcasts. Be sure to come back for more with Emily, Shep, and I on the next episode of Almost Plausible. Can we shoot this like 15 years ago so that Leslie Nielsen can have a cameo? Oh, right. you made me sad. So you get a time machine yeah. and it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back and stop Hitler? Oh, but I thought about this Leslie Nielsen cameo that I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I can only use the time machine once. So priorities. And then we can get Paris Hilton to play the part of the mayor's daughter. <laughs> yeah. See, it works out. Perfect. All right. I, I stand corrected. I mean, everyone kills Hitler their first time, so someone else is bound to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't need to be the one to do it. That's the problem. It's everyone in the future's mentality is I don't need to kill Hitler. Someone else will do it. And that's why it didn't happen yet. Yep. (laughs) 